Hi, it's Michael Tipper and welcome to today's episode of the Profit Productivity Podcast. Now, I'm calling today's episode, I'm a day late celebrating World Productivity Day. Now, how ironic is that given that yesterday's episode was all about procrastination? So let me give some background about where today's episode comes from. So this morning I was doing a project and I had to dive into my email and I saw uh, an email from a productivity service provider that basically said it's World Productivity Day and I didn't know that. I didn't know a World Productivity Day even existed, let alone that it was um, unfortunately yesterday. So I missed it because this email was sent at around 8pm my time yesterday from a provider that's based in San Francisco. So that probably would have been 8am-ish their time yesterday. So I realised uh, a day late. So I thought, OK, well, let me just find out a little bit more about uh, World Productivity Day. Now, before I did that, I thought, well, let me just see when is world procrastination day now there isn't a world procrastination day but there's a fight procrastination day on the 6th of september and so i so i'm ahead of time for that so i'll put that in the diary and see if i can remember it or i'll put off in the diary there's all sorts of jokes that really aren't funny um but there's also a national procrastination week where so the fight procrastination day is against procrastination the national procrastination week is for procrastination that's uh, devoted to um, putting things off, uh, putting important things off and procrastination itself. And that's sometime in March. So I've missed that. I'm late for that. Um, so, uh, so that's procrastination. So I, that didn't really yield me much. So I thought, right, OK, let me go and have a look at what World Productivity Day is. So I did a Google search on World Productivity Day because that's what I was looking for. And a number of results came up. Two sites that are of most interest were sites that specialise in telling you exactly what uh, the today is a day celebrating. And there are more than one thing, as I discovered. So I went to uh, a site called happydays-365.com. There was another one called daysoftheyear.com, which wasn't quite as comprehensive. So from the first site I just mentioned, um, it said that World Productivity Day is one in which people from all over the world celebrate their productivity in their special ways. And then they followed up with, it's one of the least popular celebratory days. Well, I must admit, I didn't get any cards this morning celebrating Productivity Day. And apparently the founder is unknown. He's probably too busy somewhere to receive accolades. Probably too busy being productive to receive these sort of accolades. So it's quite interesting uh, to to see that. And I dug a little bit deeper and the site was saying that the purpose of World Productivity Day is threefold. So first of all, suppliers of productivity tools use it as a great excuse to contact their customers and say, look at how great our productivity tool is. And in fact, that's what happened to me because the... Uh, the email I got was from a product uh, project management software that I've used in the past. So supplier of tools will use the day as an excuse to contact the customer and say, aren't we great? Isn't our product great? Buy more from us. Now, organizations now have, a, uh, have uh, two options. They could use World Productivity Day to either up their game because productivity is not good or celebrate success because productivity is amazing. I can imagine being in one of those organizations where productivity hasn't been good and they 
CEO comes out and says, right, World Productivity Day, let's up our productivity. And everyone goes, yoo-hoo, and they all start clapping just like they do in the movies when something great happens. I think not. Um, however, it is a good way of creating a theme about productivity for certainly reinforcing, definitely reinforcing, positively reinforcing good productive uh, behaviours, doing things in, in an organisation that contribute to productivity. The surface level approach to that could be, well, let's sort out our time management, which is impossible. Well, it's a topic for another podcast episode, really. But let's be more effective. Let's use email more effectively. Let's have more effective meetings. So you could do it to to reinforce the good behaviours there and perpetuate and share more of those ideas. But to actually beat an organisation up about, you're not being productive, let's use World Productivity Day as a way of starting that. I don't think that's a good idea. Now, another use of World Productivity Day is that uh, anyone else can use it. Um, and you'll find all sorts of different organisations find some form of tenuous link at why their product might contribute contribute to productivity. The example they use on the um, happydays-365.com was ca- manufacturers of stuff related to caffeine. So coffee gives you a bit of a mental boost. Um, chocolate could give you a bit of a mental boost. So there's all sorts of ways that people can do that. Now, it was interesting looking at other celebrations that are happening on today. Now, today, uh, by, by today, I mean... World Productivity Day, which was yesterday, which was the 20th of June. Um, there's National Vanilla Milkshake Day. Mm-mm. National American Eagle Day. National Ice Cream Soda Day. There's also a, a National Dump the Pump Day, which is uh, a recognition of the fact that our fossil fuels are going to run out at some point and that maybe if we don't use the car for today we can honour that and try and l- help our fossil fuels last that little bit longer. And of course probably, uh, and these are all arbitrary days, I mean who thinks of those? Probably the Vanilla Milkshake Organisation or the Ice Cream Soda Association comes up with those. Um, but probably more importantly was, uh, yes, there was World Refugee, World Refugee Day, which was declared by the United Nations on the 4th of December 2000 as the 20th of June. And this is a real day. It's a really important day. And I think we have trivialized the power of having World XYZ Day. And World Productivity Day, is, it's just a, a marketing tool. The importance of days where World Refugee Day, to remind us that there are literally millions of people who are displaced for economic reasons, for political reasons, for um, uh, because of um, natural disasters. And we should use those days to remind ourselves of those who are less fortunate. And is there th- something that we can help people like that? I think that's the real important use for days like this. So um, anyway, th- that aside, uh, what, what, so what else was out in the blogosphere, in the internet, on World Productivity Day? Well, really, it was a slew of clickbait-type articles. Top 10 tips to do this. Top 10 tips to do that. So Forbes did a, an article on seven things you need to know about World Productivity Day. And they cited some results from a poll done by Lucid Chart, who is a, um, oh, which is a, a 
visual productivity software. And I'll come on to that in a second. But the sort of things that Forbes were, were talking at were productive people keep sticky notes and photos of their children and snacks at their desk. Productive people work from home. Um, productive people take more vacation time. Productive people rate themselves as more productive than their colleagues. Now, that's just arrogant, I think. Unproductive people put off difficult tasks. Oh, procrastination is a problem then. Um, unproductive people shy away from stretch goals. And the last one, unproductive people skip the gym. So um, not really life-changing stuff there, just some information. Of course, they referred to the, um, the survey from Lucid Chart, where they surf surveyed a thousand US-based office workers. And what was interesting about them is that, or about this study, is they identified um, three groups of people, go-getters, doers, and coasters. Now, there's some percentages uh, re uh, around maximum potential output and how much is focused on work, but they don't explain how they've come to those figures. I think it's quite easy to recognize that you'll get those three. And there's probably a fourth. Go-getters, doers, coasters, and slackers. People who just don't do anything. Um, so I didn't really learn much there, but it was interesting that they used those terms. And then they identified nine surprising things that could impact your personal productivity. And I, I suspect what they've done is ask these people what things help them make productive. And there are things like, um, and of course the Forbes article drew on this, so some of this will be a repeat. So you should vacation more. 48% um, of go-getters use all their vacation time which is more than the other two groups of people. Uh, working from home, 13% um, uh, of go-getters do so at least weekly. So this was really a collection of statistics rather than recommendations. There weren't, wasn't much there to identify whether that contributed to their productivity or not. So for example, um, <laughs> Uh, here's one that sort of talks about blaming your parents. The youngest child in the family is most likely to be the least productive. So 23% of go-getters are the oldest child, whereas 29% and 31% of the other two groups are. So they're really clutching at straws here to create some form of infographic that has some form of meaning. And it is, so the, the question is, who is the most productive? Of course, the go-getters are the most productive. That sort of statement of the obvious. So um, it was one of the, again, it's more clickbait type stuff that doesn't really help in developing your productivity. The little soundbite things. Um, Lifehacker from Australia, they had some good tips, um, ditching voicemails, learning keyboard shortcuts, automate whenever you can, manage your email, don't let it manage you, and schedule breaks. Um, and these are getting more towards the sophisticated end of things that actually work because most of those are ones that I also recommend when I'm helping people and when I'm running my seminars. So there's little things like you can try this, you can try that. And then uh, one other article I found which was a real meaty one from Business Chiefs which was um, tech tips for productivity leaders and this was all about big data, better data, um, cyber hygiene, um, nailing who, when and where. So there's all sorts of things there. So that's the sort of stuff I found online in relation to World Productivity Day. So I thought I would offer my own little bit of value to add to World Productivity Day, albeit a day late. 
And what I'm going to share with you is my productivity improving improvement operating system. I can't even say it. My productivity improvement operating system. There are lots of tactics and tips that you can apply to add greater levels of, of efficiency and effectiveness into your day, into your life, into your week even. I think they are all valid. However, I think they need to be absorbed into your life within a framework that allows you to identify what you need, try them out, and then incorporate them into your life so they're there permanently. So I have a productivity improvement operating system that has five components to it. The first one is the concept of marginal gains. This is important to recognize that we very rarely make huge, sweeping, massive changes in one go that last. So let's take the New Year's resolution example of going to the gym. Someone will go to the gym on New Year's Day and they'll take their, their trainers and their kit and they'll go there and they'll spend an hour on the treadmill and they'll spend half an hour on the bike and then they'll uh, spend 10 minutes doing some weights and they might go into the sauna and have a shower and they'll come out exhausted and whilst they could possibly work up to that starting like that that's going to tail off rather than may be maintained for the majority of people anyway so by starting off with something small that is manageable that is achievable you get a small win very very quickly and you can adjust and adapt to that small change and the accumulation of lots of these small changes over the long period can make a significant difference as opposed to trying to make that leap in all in one go the second component is getting clear goals i start off with the marginal gains one i was debating about which order to do these i start off with the marginal gains one because i want you to understand the concept of you getting better is small incremental gains the next step is to set the target, set the clear direction on what you want to improve. So if you want to improve the quality of how you deal with email, you'll start off with one little strategy. If you want to improve the quality of your health, or your fitness, you start off with maybe going for a walk for five minutes. Okay, But you get very, very clear on what the end goal is and you break it down into small, small gains. Getting clear direction will help you identify the opportunities and it will help you uh, know, uh, identify so you know what success looks like and will help you get a much better plan. So that's the second component. The third component is about your mindset. I've talked about the growth mindset quite a lot in this podcast. And I'll refer you back to those episodes where I looked at my own mindset. And understanding that your experiences aren't there to prove what you're able to do but allow you to take feedback so you can improve what you do. And having that mindset that you're going to experiment and try things out and you might be wrong, but you're happy to accept that you're wrong, to overcome challenges, to persist through obstacles, um, to take the feedback necessary and to be inspired by other success, all those things will help you develop a greater level of productivity. The fourth component of my productivity improvement operating system is your awareness, cultivating your awareness, taking feedback from what's going on around you. I've been tracking my time for the last, I think it's 12 weeks now. That's given me some fantastic data and insights that's allowed me to grow uh, and learn from. I'm also monitoring my days 
versus, uh, what have I, what I set out to achieve versus what I achieve. And I'm keeping a journal looking at how can I improve. So all those help me, contrib- help me understand how I'm doing and how I can become even better. And then the, far, the fifth component is having a continuous improvement system. So not everything will work to start off with. You won't always get the right answer. So you start off with a hypothesis um, of when you're going to do your journal, for example, and then you see how that works. If it doesn't work, then you adapt it and then try again and see how that works. So you have this continuous improvement cycle. And once you've got that regimen in place, can you start improving what you journal about? How often you journal? And so you start to evolve it to meet the needs that you will have set in your goals in part two, which is setting a clear direction. So the five steps are marginal gains, having a clear direction, operating from a growth mindset, cultivating your awareness, and adopting a continuous improvement approach to your improvement. So that's my contribution to World Productivity Day, albeit a day late, and uh, hopefully that will be of use to you, and until tomorrow.